This podcast is brought to you by MedCloud. Get connected, cyber safe. Hi everyone, I'm Scott Tyson and welcome to the Vanguard Podcast. Today's guest is Colin Knox and he's someone I've known for several years. And I, along with many people globally in the MSP and technology space, admire his enthusiasm and achievements in the 20 years he's had in the field. Colin's MSP, Excel Professional Services, grew from zero revenue to millions in annual recurring revenue and was acquired by F12.net, as well as founding and developing his software company Passport, which, like many companies in the MSP space, was developed from his own internal use at Excel. He led that organization to continuous triple-digit growth until it was acquired by SolarWinds in 2019. After spending some well-earned time with the family and enjoying his passion for barbecues, Collins leapt back into his day job by starting a company called Gradient MSP. Collins is an innovator, leader, and a fantastic speaker and loves helping other entrepreneurs grow, expand, and mature their business. Colin, thanks so much for joining me on the Vancard podcast and welcome. Thanks for having me, Scott. Super happy to be here. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate that, and really excited to be uh, to be talking to you today. How's Canada and Calgary at the moment in lockdown, and and uh, how have you tackled twenty twenty? How's it been over the new year, and 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 what's life like there at the moment? Yeah, so you know, it's it's still a thing over here with the pandemic. It's it's not crazy. I mean, we had some some lockdown. They've actually just as of Monday. Um, relaxed the restrictions a little bit. Um, I think for Alberta, so our full province, our total case volume is in the low hundreds every day right now, which for us is, is spectacular when we were in the low thousands, <laughs> just right around the, the holiday time there. So um, no, it's, you know what, it's, it's okay. We're in the, in the deep throes of winter right now. So it's not like we're out looking to go for walks or hang out in the back patio for a good while or anything like that. So it's manageable. I think, um, you know, much like business, if, if you can't learn to roll with the punches, you're not going to get through um, and go with the flow. So it's, it's kind of the same thing here, right? Take, take the advice, take the guidance and, and deal with the hand that you're dealt on it and, and uh, you'll make it through the other side. So Here's hoping that everything continues to to trend in the right direction, and soon we can go out and about and and start to see friends and family and and get back to business. Absolutely, and I can come over there and you can uh, crack open that barbecue like you've always promised me, and we can get a good uh, Aussie slash Canadian barbecue happening. You bet. We've been perfecting the smoking and rotisserie and everything else on there, so you you make the trip over and we'll we'll cook some good stuff up. You know that'll happen. <laughs> Again, mate, thanks so much and, and, and really enjoy you joining us on, on the podcast. You know, we've known each other several years now and, and we've, we've always spoken about industry and careers and technology and but we've also spoken about families and, and, and where we live and how we live and so forth. And, you know, our stories combine really well and I thought, you know, let's, let's get Colin on here. Let's talk about, you know, technology, innovation and, and so forth because, you know, you've been someone who's in, enjoyed uh, in t- the technology industry. You've enjoyed mm-hmm. success within that industry and so forth. But I'm going to crack straight in here now and say, you know, being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur in in what has been a very very tough couple of uh, couple of months, but you know, twelve months. You know, 
you you took the foray into being a tech entrepreneur pretty early by setting up the MSP and then selling the MSP and then starting up port, past portal and so forth. But going mm-hmm. right right back, what inspired you to get into technology and and start your own business? So I think it was a few things. Um, one was I was working at another MSP. Um, uh, we'll call it an MSP. It really wasn't an MSP at the time. It was an IT service provider, but mid-sized and, and doing very well. And I was managing the service delivery team there and had started to participate in groups like HTG and going out to other conferences and meeting and hearing about how IT and, and IT services were being delivered, managed, built, everything um, in different places. And managed services hadn't really hit in Canada, or at least in my part of Canada at that time. Um, so I had suggested to the ownership group that we consider foraying into managed services and started looking more into it. And um, the risk appetite wasn't there for them. They had a business that they understood, they knew was doing well, and they saw it as, as too much of a, of a risk to try and make that flop or that evolution to manage services. And, and dealing with things in an ad hoc break-fix model as a manager was becoming increasingly frustrating for me. Um, and I just thought that it could be done better. And I thought that all these other companies I had heard from and talked to can't be completely wrong or off their rockers. So, you know, there was an incentive and motivator surrounding money. I'll be honest at first, right? Like the sky's the limit and earning potential. Um, But more than anything, it was a frustration in how things were being done and and wanting to try to do it a different way. Um, and, And that's really what got me going into the MSP world. After that, it you know, the more companies we talked to and clients we brought on and seeing the impact that we had on their businesses and then foraying into, you know, the creation and genesis of Passportal, it really came down to a true desire to solve an acute pain point or challenge for other businesses, whether similar to mine or not. And I got this wicked high off of just hearing from other business owners or businesses who had been impacted or benefited by the things and services we were delivering or products that we created. And that just became the ongoing driver and motivator for me. So there wasn't one particular uh, person or thing that pushed you forward. It was it was a culmination of wanting to help people, wanting to earn cash and wanting to develop something from scratch. Would that be fair? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, if there's one thing that like gave me that la- final like kick in the boot to to get going and take the leap to do it, um, I had read and it had timely just, just come out was a book by Robert Herjavec, who I think is fairly well known now in the IT channel um, and, and his book Driven. And I read that and saw that this guy went and built this amazing IT and technology company and sold it for a ton of money and then started up and had been doing it again. And I was like, well, geez, like if he does it, then I can definitely do it too. Right. And um, so that's probably the, the one pivot or flex point that happened where it just tilted and said, okay, now I'm doing this, but yeah. 
That's 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 really good because one of the biggest things, obviously, you find when people want to start a business or have the or, or go through the motions of starting a business, the biggest fear is not having an income or not having enough money in the bank to sustain themselves over you know what could be twelve months, eighteen months, two years, and so forth. So, how did you combat that? Did you have a nest egg? Did you have someone that could support you? Um, you know, h- how did you make that leap of faith? Because it is a leap of faith, right? Yeah. No, I. Uh, when I started the MSP, I had zero money. <laughs> like, I can't even explain how zero money we had. We had just stretched ourselves and built a house that was admittedly outside our means at the time. <laughs> um, we had car loans. We had gone through, um, you know, fertility treatments to have children, which we put on a credit card. Like we were about as flexed and leveraged as possible. Um, But one of my business mentors from back in the day had a famous saying that he, he wasn't interested in working with a company, an entrepreneur, or even investing unless that person was uncomfortably pregnant with the idea. And and what he meant by that was, I want you all in. Like you're in the last trimester here. You are awkward, uncomfortable, not happy, and just you have to see this through to the end and and you know get it done. Um, and that's where we were. I mean, I had an a laptop that was probably four or five years old, but I hopped that in a satchel bag and and hit the road and just leveraged that absolute desperation to have income and support the family and pay my bills to bring business in and and start to build something, right? Um, So that was, it was purely in in desperation to make things happen. There was no money. And I think not having money and not being super funded is extremely highly motivating um, if you're truly passionate about what you're trying to do. I think that's a really good, really good point there. I, uh, I remember some of my mentors, and, and let's face it, we all have mentors, whether they're, whether they're good mentors or, or ones that you want to try and avoid or, or whatever. But, you know, these people have influential um, times in our lives. And, and I remember one of my mentors saying to me, you know, um, when I interview salespeople, I try and find the guy with the biggest mortgage because I know he's going to get down and get on with yeah. it. Um, and so that's quite that's quite prophetic in, in, in that situation. I, I love that motivation. Would I do it now at my age of life and, and so forth? Probably not, but um, but I, I love that situation. And, you know, the good thing about you too, Colin, is is that you've started, you've grown, you've established, and you've exited these, you know, a couple of businesses now. Um, and, you know, everyone wants to know what's the magic elixir of making this work and, you know, what is the secret to the success and, and so forth, and we all talk about the trimmings and, you know, the flash car and the big house and the wonderful holidays and so forth. But, you know, I, I really want to know, and if you're happy to talk about it, what are the areas of struggle? You know, what what were the hard times like? What what Where were you personally and professionally during those hard times? What were those hard times and what 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 did you do to come out of that? Because I think... As business owners, they're the things that people really want to know about. It's not how you spend the money after you've been exited, which is still hugely yeah. impressive. But I, I love to know the stories of, 
of people that have really had a tough time and and, and done this or done that or you know what yeah. even had a lot of luck. So yeah. what was it for you guys? So I think yeah, there's a few things. Vit- definitely vitamin C and vitamin D. <laughs> a huge part, yeah. Um, yeah. honestly, because if you're not healthy, you're no good to your clients, your staff, your business at all. But um, I was being a bit facetious there. But I think there's there's so many things that that go into success and ultimately creating your own luck right? Luck, there's always luck involved, right? That you had a fortunate casual encounter, somebody came across you and shared something to their network and went on, like, there's always luck. But I think you can create your own luck. And I, I believe that you can manufacture your own opportunity. And that just takes a lot of hustle. Right. I talked to so many entrepreneurs, so many MSPs and people in other businesses. And the one thing that they all do well is talk. And they always talk about what they're going to do, what they're going to achieve, where they're going to go, what they're going to have happen. And then they don't take action and do it. Right. I'll see people a year, two years later, and they're still talking about it. Meanwhile, I've gone and done all the things that I wanted to do because I created a plan and did it. So, I mean, the, the things that lead to success for me, biggest is execution. Make a plan and just go do it. It might not be the right plan. It might not be the right end goal. Just do something. And until you start doing something, you don't know where you need to pivot, what you need to change, or if it's working or not. The next part is you cannot be everything to your company or to your service or your clients. You need a team behind you. And so finding out and learning how to recruit a team and most importantly, foster that team to be driven and passionate about what you are working towards, what your end goal is. And then lastly, just kind of focus. Don't be the company that does everything. Focus on the one or two things that you're going to do and be the best at it. And then focus your messaging at that. Don't try to cast such wide nets and do so many different things that you actually can't succeed at any individual one of those. So if you're more focused on what you do, you're going to be more successful in targeting the audience who needs what you want. You're going to be more experienced and, and you know higher grade solutions on those target areas. And make sure that just emphasizes a challenge that your target audience has and that they definitely want to solve. I mean, not everything has been rainbows and butterflies uh, in business. I had an early software company that I started at a college that, like, we failed miserably. You know, I had another software company I tried a little bit later, which... We got a contract with a major health authority um, to build this product that we had wanted to build, and we had everything going, and then everything got frozen because there was an amalgamation of health authorities that went down, right? And so everything dropped, and so that one failed. And and I went and worked for a couple companies, and then I decided I was going to start an MSP, and everybody thinks my MSP just took off and was really great and awesome. 
I don't talk about the MSP. I started with a founder a year before I actually started Excel, which was a complete disaster, right? There was learnings and lessons in business partnership. There was learnings and lessons of even starting a business and trying to grow a business and and dealing with staff and dealing with client issues and dealing with, you know, bank account issues and stuff that, you know, is what really drove me going into, we'll call it take two for when I created Excel. And that went well. And I was very fortunate there. But, you know, there's there's a lot of struggles along the way. I remember we were doing really well. I think we were in year three or four of Excel. We were, you know, two to three million in revenue. Uh, we had a strong team and we had a bunch of money in the bank. And so we decided to build out a new office space. Well, stupid me didn't understand even cash flow at that point in time. I just figured we build this much a month, we do this, we do that, and it's fine. And I spent the entire load on building the most amazing office space and expected that, you know, as per our lease agreement, that that build cost is just going to get sent back right away really quick and easy. Well, no, I didn't realize there was a 90-day hold that they had that they could take to pay me back. Well, crap, man. Like, we couldn't make payroll. We couldn't do anything. So I had to go out and, like, really go and talk to every single client we had and essentially plead and beg for them to pay three months in advance on their services so that we could, you know, get past this lull until we got paid back from our landlord of the building we built in and uh, keep going. But that in itself could have killed the business. Um, so I think there's a lot of the struggles and stresses and tribulations that come. Um, and there's no straight path to success. But I think if you're committed to it, you're passionate about it, you continue to remind yourself about why the hell you're doing this in the first place and what purpose your business has. That's going to be what pushes you through and keeps you motivated and inspired. I love that. I love that. And, you know, doing this podcast has really taught me that, that failure is okay. Failure is a closer step to success. You know, there's so, so many people, so many people I talk to have failed somewhere along the lines. And, you know, I always take it back to a sporting analogy too, Colin, you know, with cricket and there's a hundred just around the corner because you made a couple of ducks here or you made a couple of low scores here. And it's so true. So many, you learn more from those failures, those successes. And it sounds like those failures have really were, were the catalyst to the success of Excel and Passport. I totally would. I mean, certain situations arise and still we're seeing things where it's like, I don't know what to do here. I don't, you know, I've never experienced this, but those times where something pops back up again, you remember very vividly what played out and how it went and what decisions you made and what you told yourself you would do the next time. And so it may seem at times like you have all the answers, but you know, now we're in 11, 12 years of, of business management operations and ownership. We've seen a, a fair share of, <laughs> of issues crop up. So, I mean, it's it's very quick and crisp for you to know what to do next time. And you know, I think the one answer I've got on almost any business decision, decision whether you've you know come across an issue or not, is just make a decision, right? And and monitor it and be ready to respond if it doesn't pan out, and and find contingencies. But just 
make a decision. That's so much better than indecision or neglecting or ignoring something that needs to be dealt with. MedCloud. Get connected. CyberSafe is our mantra. From tailored, managed security solutions to our next-generation cloud platform, MetCloud will drive your organization forward and help it thrive. You can keep up to date with us in all things cybersecurity by following us on Twitter at MetCloud underscore com. We're also on LinkedIn and YouTube. You can find the links to our social media pages and blogs via our website, metcloud.com. I love that. Love that. Make a decision, everyone. That's that's a really good one. Um, and I'm writing it down so I can tell that to my kids as well because I love that one. Um, but I want to want to go into um, the the next phase of your career, if you will, because you know you've had those successful exits. You've had your corporate career. Um, you know, everyone could turn around and say, "Well, Colin, you've done your time. Let's sit back. Let's enjoy the barbecue. Let's enjoy the family. Let's enjoy the forest walks, uh, all that kind of stuff." But you're embarking on this new journey, starting Gradient MSP. The tagline is leading the charge to help give better vision and voice to MSPs, both small and large. And I know, know you, you know, as I do, you're going to go after a global market. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Um, it hasn't officially launched, I guess, to a certain extent. Can you give us a, a sneak peek as to what Gradient MSP is and and, yeah. and and what the plan is for the business? Yeah. Um, so I thought I had done my time. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was done. Um, you know, it was one of those things where I was I was going into work every day and, and you know what, I enjoyed the work I was doing and I really enjoyed the people I was working with, like just great people. Um but I didn't have that passion anymore, right? It it just wasn't there. Um, so my wife reminded me, you know, you don't have to work. And it was kind of this thing that, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to take my time and see what retirement's like. And I kind of acted in early retirement similar to how I imagine most people act when they first move out of their parents' house. And it's like, you can do anything and everything you want, and there's no rules about it. So you're staying up way later, you're eating crap food, you're not picking up and cleaning up after yourself. And then after a while, you're like, oh, wow, I need to eat better. I need to get more sleep. I need to be more responsible and clean up and everything else. And, and that's what re- early retirement was like for me. I went out and did, you know, I was racing the car, doing um, mountain drives. I was out in the lake. I was just anything and everything I wanted to do. I just went and did. And then after a bit, I kind of sat there. I was like, well, now what? Like, this is getting boring. Uh, You know what? I am a bit younger. None of my friends were retired. My wife wanted to keep working and doing what she does because she's passionate about it. And so I was like, well, this, this kind of sucks. And so I just, I took some time. I observed the market kind of from an outsider view of the IT channel and just kind of read and watched all the conversations and discussions that were happening on, you know, the MSP subreddit and various Facebook groups and 
just all these forums and it seemed like there was a lot of calls for help from MSPs, a lot of MSPs that just don't know what to do, right? Whether it's which vendor to choose, which product or service categories to get into, um, what they should be charging, how they should be operating, what they should be tracking. And then on the flip side, there was all this misunderstanding and confusion, even on the vendor part, where they're they're struggling to cut through the noise to truly understand what MSPs want and need. And, and so I looked at it and I said, you know, we're at this juncture in the industry where both sides of our ecosystem from the channel vendors and the MSP partners so heavily depend on each other. I mean, on both sides, I'd say anywhere from 50 to 100% of their revenue is completely dependent on the other side, whether it's because of your resale stack as an MSP or what you're outsourcing uh, or subsourcing. And on the vendor side, if you're channel friendly or channel only, 50 to 100% of your business is with MSPs. And at a time where it's so pivotal, the reliance and, and partnership, both sides seem at such odds with each other because there's this misunderstanding of their intentions, their needs, what they're trying to achieve. Um, and I felt like somebody needs to take a step in to solve that. And I felt like the best way to solve it and the best way to make for more prosperous partnerships and even, you know, more, um, you know, opportunity and potential and success for other channel vendors is to focus on and level up MSPs. And I feel like by helping them improve their vision and their voice, that's going to be what drives to a better industry as a whole. And so when I dig in and I look deeper, I think I think back to running an MSP myself and being as small as a one-person shop and growing up through all these different stages and remembering how it was an unlevel playing field where the bigger shops had all this access to data. They could pay to play, whether it was in, you know, industry groups and peer groups and coaching circles that I got access to information. I got access to data. I got taught and understood how to operate and how to, how to run my business and, and how my business is even performing. And I thought, you know what, if we could give all the smaller shops better and more equal access to data on their business so that they could see it more clearly, they can understand it more clearly, they can have a better idea of what's really happening in the industry, well, then they can make better decisions to grow their business and become a bigger business. And then I kept looking and kept watching and the amount of questions about what vendor to choose or what category to go into, um, there's so much please for help to be able to do that. And when I look at the responses coming back from all of these anonymous-based and privacy-based platforms, you actually can't cut through and understand what's true, what's real, what's accurate, or who is actually providing information and what their bias is. And so there's a lot of decisions that get made not on fact, but rather on false pretense or you know just inaccurate information or or assumptions and so i felt like msps deserve to have the information available to them so that they can make decisions on facts 
And then with the voice part, it's about being heard. I mean, again, I've been a vendor, I've been an MSP, I've been on both sides of that conversation where an MSP is making a suggestion. And whether it's something that you need fixed in a product that you use or resell or concern or whatever you're having, and the typical response is, you know, we've not heard of that before, or we'll take a look at it. And then it seems to go into an ether of of nothing. And so it's, I mean, it didn't matter if I was a $500,000 MSP or if I was a $5 million MSP, the amount of voice that I had with vendors still didn't change. And that's not because the vendors in often cases did not want to hear us, did not want to support us. Is that there's so much noise hitting the vendors from so many different angles and so many different suggestions that it's hard for them to actually understand and correlate and, and figure out what really matters and what's real. And so if we can build a collective system and use technology and data and insights to one, help feed better decisions for MSPs to grow, we can also use that to go and help feed vendors and help them better understand what it truly is their partners need, what they're saying, and be able to give it to them. So that if they can do that, they can see more success and, vend- and MSPs can see more success. And so we're, we're working and embarking on building this technology platform, which will really allow both sides of partnership to be more informed, more successful, and, and add a layer of, of almost transparency to the industry so that everybody understands what's really happening, what's working, what's not working, and just have that cooperative and collaborative um, you know, kind of approach that our industry is so strong about, but take that to the next level where you know we can doesn't matter what platform or ecosystem you're a part of what peer group you're a part of you know if you're channel only channel friendly um if you have a wide expansive portfolio of products you have the ability to reach the right audience get the right answers have the right information and build better partnerships that sounds fantastic having also followed a similar journey not selling companies and so forth but being on the MSP side and the vendor side, bridging that gap and, and having a, um, a voice that's able to reach out to the vendors or reach out to the partners and making sure that partners are doing what the vendors want and the vendors are doing what the partners want is, uh, is something I think is, is very much needed in our industry. And um, I think with the respect you have from both sides of the fence, I think uh, you're, you're, a perfect, you're a perfect ally for both sides. So looking forward to seeing how that develops. And, and, and appreciate you giving an overview of, um, of the journey of the gradient's going to go on. Um, yeah. We're coming up to the end of our time, mate. And, uh, you know, again, I really thank you for your time in spending it with me and, and going through uh, the ups and downs and, and, and so forth of, of being in our industry. I, I like to finish with a quick fire three. You bet. Um, you know, so I'm going to fire these at you quick, sharp, and I know you'll give it to me straight, which is always good. Um, first one from me is, you know, what do you wish you knew when you started your first business that you do now? And I guess that's a pretty loaded question, but I'd love to know what do you think, you know, with the with the 20 years you've had in the field now, what you could have told your, you know, 18, 20, 22-year-old self? Yeah, I think get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's kind of the the phrase of, of the last year here, but 
it's it's the biggest thing in business, right? Is is just be prepared for things to not go the way that you expect them to go, and have the agility to work around them, um, because there there is and was times where it just you thought, what the hell am I doing this for? Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing. Things are not going to go according to plan, so be prepared. Get used to it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, this is a good one for me, and 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 um, I know a lot of us in our in our world all love our cars and so forth. Did you have a dream car when you were growing up? And have you have you got there yeah. yet? I've had a few. I mean, so when I was really little, um, I always dreamt of owning a Corvette. Um, and so when I sold my MSP, I bought the Corvette and, and had that. Um, I always wanted a supercar. I always dreamt of having a supercar, um, even, you know, moving forward. And, and I think the Corvette was a great sports car. But um, I did, I, I love, I also love superheroes. So this one will kind of make sense. But uh, when Iron Man came out and, and uh, he was driving the R8, that became the supercar dream car for me. So I bought that one after we sold Passportal here. Um, so I've got that. And, and I feel like I've always got to try to level up and, and keep my, my sights set on something bigger and better. So right now I'm I'm looking at the, the hypercar market and, and the current one would be the McLaren Senna, um, which, you know, you're probably not too far from where those get built, but uh, we'll yeah, see if that's, if that's still the one um, when, when the time comes or if there's something along those lines that, that makes the most sense. So if, if that is the case and you need me to go and test drive it and check it all out and so forth, let me know and I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. Oh, that would be – you would do that for me? I would do that for you. I would only do that for you. That is generous. I think so. I think so. And, <laughs> and look, if you even need to house it somewhere, you can house it here as well. Oh, that's really grateful. I mean, that's awesome. of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mate. Um, and finally, look, you're a young man. You're only a very young man. Um, where do you want to be in 10 years? I mean, you've achieved so much so early on and there's so much more to achieve, but what's the next goal for Colin Knox? The current goal is is where I'm at, right? It's it's trying to impact an industry. I've done the things where I got a lot of thrill and reward out of impacting individual businesses. Um, this time, it's it's about having a wider impact on an industry and and whether my name's associated or attached to it or not, um, that's irrelevant to me. I want to be in a place in 10 years where I look at, you know, the, the IT channel and the MSP industry having, you know, taken over more of the SMB market for outsourced IT, where not just private equity, but venture capital dollars are flowing wild and free in this space because of the opportunity that IT channel sales presents. Um, and just where th there's no more ambiguity in trying to decide what path to take or where to go. Um, so that's that's where I'd like to be in 10 years is, is looking back and seeing that we've achieved that um, and that the industry is better because of the actions that we've taken today. Love that. Great way to finish up. And 
I just want to thank you so much for um, for being so open and honest and sharing the highs, the lows, the pitfalls and so forth. I think um, it's a wonderful story. I know the listeners are going to love hearing the story. Um, we could talk for hours, which <laughs> we've done previously, and, and, and I look forward to doing again somewhere face-to-face very soon. But, Colin, thanks so much, mate. Um, I really appreciate your time, and thanks for joining us on the Vanguard podcast. No, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And to you, Colin, thanks so much for chatting to me and sharing what helps shape your life and businesses. I'm sure everyone listening will take something from our chat, as I know I always do when we catch up. You know, Colin also referenced about being healthy and making your own luck being very important to him. You know, the culture of his team is all about drive, passion and focus. And importantly, how his earlier failures actually led and fueled his latest successes. Colin is open and giving of his knowledge of the MSP industry. And if you get a chance to speak to him, do yourself a favour and do so, as you'll come away with a lot more information than you had before. Thanks again, Colin, for your time. Good luck with the new venture, Gradient MSP, and appreciate you speaking to us today. My next guest is a technology executive with the most impressive background. Recently, he has successfully led eight startups, two restarts, and one internally incubated venture to successful outcomes. He left home at 18 to pursue a racing career and Formula One test driving career alongside the likes of Jackie Stewart and Derek Bell and driving for auto industry giants such as Ferrari, Porsche and Honda before the global fuel crisis stopped his racing career. He then started his technology career with IBM before joining companies like Colubris and HP. It's an unbelievable story and proves just how much a pivot or pivots can make a difference in your career and life. Look out for the next episode of the Vanguard podcast and remember, take care, stay safe and keep on innovating.